you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Glad you're here. Glad you got your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be on the screen for you. And, um, and it's, it's just going to be a, it's just, it's just a good time. I love what's been happening from, is what you saw earlier from the, the uh, series and the graphic on the screen. We're in a, uh, in a time of teaching called, uh, a series called The Parable. And so for 24 weeks, man, of, of just red letter, man, 24 weeks of red letter. Can you handle that? Amen. So I tell you, you have, you've done well. So uh, and it's been good, and we're going to keep it rolling today uh, as we go to our next parable. And about to finish up, we're kicking off a new series on Easter and called Intention on. It's going to be cool, man. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But, um, but right now, we're going to hang out here another week in uh, Luke chapter 6. Let's go with verses 39 through 42, and uh, then we'll pray one more time. So uh, he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? He asked a question. Will they not both fall into the ditch? Can the blind lead the blind? They can. Yeah, they can do that, and, uh, but it doesn't usually work out too well. But they'll both fall into the ditch. And uh, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not, do not perceive the plank in your own eye? I heard some, oh. Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. Red letter. (laughs) Disclaimer, red letter. Um, First remove the plank from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is going to be fun today. I can feel it already. Lord, let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we're so thankful for you. We're thankful for the gifts that you've given us. As Pastor Ralph has said, Lord, we're thankful so much for your grace and for your, for your love and for your mercy and for your son. And today, Lord, I just pray, Lord, we'll just make him known in this place. We'll lift him up. And uh, as we do that, you'll continue to draw people to you as a result. And Lord, we thank you for every book that's in this written in the, in, in the Bible. We thank you for every word that's written in every book. And I pray, Lord, that today we'll be open to what it says, we'll put it in our hearts, and we'll walk different because of it. Lord, and we're so thankful for everything that you're doing in us, Lord. You continue to get glory and uh, honor for everything that's happening. And Lord, just if you want to do anything else today, Lord, if you want to you want to heal or touch somebody else in some other way, Lord, we want you to do that. And we give you full reign at any part of this service, Lord, any time to just have your way and just do your work as we just open and surrender to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. High five your neighbor. That's, that's all right, okay. We, again, have been in a series called The Parable, 24 weeks. It's been good. Small story, big. Amen. Small story, big. 
All right, you're getting it. This is this, this short story that Jesus tells to paint a much bigger picture of a big idea. And so uh, today, this is the first time I believe it's happened in this way. Uh, when we started out with this series, one of the things that I try to do is just let the Holy Spirit lead which parable we would teach each week. And he's been doing that. I mean, it's been amazing to see how God's been putting on-time words in our, in our church, in our congregation. And I don't, I don't believe this is any different today. The Lord has been working and moving in a cool way because his words is being taught. But today we're we're going to do this. We're going to continue. It will be the very next parable from what we taught last week. Last week, we taught the parable from chapter 5, the end of the book, and uh, in, in a series in a title called The New Wine. It was cool. We had a lot of folks that were not here, some out of town. I encourage you to do this. Listen to that message. Go listen to that message uh, and, uh, and get that word in you. It's worth it just for the Rambo story. All right, that's in there. So uh, I'm telling you, you had to be here. So it's worth it just for that. But, uh, but we, we learned last week that it was by God's grace alone that we are saved. And, uh, and it is by this new wine. And he wants to put it in our lives and, and change us. And so I'm so thankful for that. And, but I like kind of how his word is. And, and, and I just briefly mentioned it earlier. Today's parable is the next parable that Jesus taught. Uh, in, in, in straight from the Word, chapter 5 last week, 6 this week. And I just want to kind of look for a few moments of how his progression kind of unfolds. And I, I love this, how Jesus led up to this parable. It's just typical Jesus. I mean, you would see him working this way. You, throughout Scripture, you would just see him teach some, share the Scripture, <laughs> heal some, do some work there, come back, pray some. He would Then he would go back to teach some, heal some more people. And, and this is no different today in this. And, and again, that's what I want church to look like. I, I, that's what I want it to be. I want it to be where we just come together, we worship, we pray, we, we, we just give, we love, we, we heal, we do these things that all he wants us to do in his name. And we just walk in that and, because that's how he worked here. That's how he done this. And so today I want to do this. I, I, I told my, my audiovisual man, I said, go ahead and pull chapter 6, every verse of chapter 6. <sighs> okay, I was just wondering who was, who was still with me. So I'm going to do this today. I, I'm going to attempt to as quickly as possible, and I hope you'll stay with me. So take your Bible, open it up, chapter 6. We're going to break down chapter 6 as we lead up to this parable because I feel like this, is, this would just mess and confuse some people up if we just took out those few verses that Jesus taught and just read them to you and even even built a message just around those words because I think we can mess it up and miss what the Lord was trying to say. But I think what he's trying to do here is, this is in, his, in this text, this is one of those life chapters, Okay. This here, chapter 6, is one of those life chapters. It's where he will do this. You'll see some patterns unfold. You'll see him work. He hits and directs and goes into some things that are, ju that are just so cool. And if we could just walk out, chapter 6 would be different. Just chapter 6. You'll see this. You'll see the trends in chapter 6 kind of spread out throughout the scriptures. And so he kind of brings it down and narrows it down as he preaches and shares this message. And I, I hope I can do a little bit of justice to what it says as we look at it and talk about it together. But first of all, it starts out in chapter 1. You see Jesus on the Sabbath going into the temple. You see him, uh, which is cool, which is what we should do. We should go into the house of the Lord. We watch him go into the house of the Lord, show them and teach them, and let the disciples see and understand, those people around, that, that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. 
It's him. It's all about him. It's always about him. And so he lets them know that he is, in verse 5, he says, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. He, he just constantly does these things in Scripture and messes with their mind. Oh, man, I think it's so cool. He's constantly messing with the minds of the religious people. And if you're very religious, Jesus will do this. He'll mess with your mind. He will. You, you will probably like everything he wants to do and everything he's trying to show you, but you just, just, just let him do it. And, and that's why I just try to say, Lord, just have your way. Do whatever it is you need to do. But then you see him in, in verse 6, you see that where he begins to walk in this synagogue, and as he enters there, what does he do? He teaches. I mean, again, this pattern of progression. He's going into the house of the Lord. He's going into the synagogue. He's just teaching. Uh, it's amazing. Before this, you see him healing. He walks into the temple, goes into the temple, starts teaching. He teaches a little while, and then you see him take a break and heal some more. And uh, it's what happens in verse 6 where he says that, on, uh, I know we'll read it quickly. Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. Now, in this text, I, I think it's very neat. I think there's a lot of things that we could draw, and that's a cool sermon all in itself, that in that text, you see a guy in, in the synagogue, in Jesus' presence, but still has a need. Okay, just let that settle for just a second, because I, I don't, sometimes we try to act like or try to be something that we're really not, and we try to fool ourselves into being something. We're, you know, you can be in the temple, in the house of the Lord, in Jesus' presence, and still have a need. But I love Jesus. He don't want you to stay that way. That's the, his desire for you is not to stay that way. Well, hold on. You mean he got into the temple. He had this withered hand. So this probably means this. His feet worked. Legs worked, back worked, neck worked. He walked into the temple. All it was was just a hand. And so we look at, sometimes we look at something and say, well, that's just, no, that's just a small thing. It probably wasn't a small thing to the guy with the withered hand. That's probably a big deal to him. Probably a very big deal to him. And yet you see Jesus in this text on the Sabbath breaking all the religious rules. As he speaks in verse 10, he says that he looked around at them all and he said to the man, stretch out your hand. All right, so you, you see him, he's teaching, he's, he's doing his thing, he's healing, he's teaching, he's healing. He just does his thing, and he just does it by speaking forth out of his mouth. So there's a lot of stuff we can gather from that. Don't have time to stay there too long, but I want you to, I want you to see this. I want you, by faith, to start speaking forth God's words over situations in your life. I want you to. I want you to start doing that. I don't want you to limit him. I don't want you to think he's not concerned. You can be in his presence and, 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 and literally come to the feet of Jesus, and he's concerned about every detail of your life. Well, hold on. I mean, you mean he really cares about this thing? He cares. He cares. Are you telling me that he's concerned? You mean, yes, he's concerned. And in the presence of all these religious people, right in the middle of all this stuff, Jesus stops what he's doing, speaks forth the word, stretch out your hand, and I love it, and he did so. We were celebrating some instantaneous healings around here. Is that because we're good? Because we ain't. I'm just going to let you know. We're, we're not. But, but it's because he's good. 
And so what we did was we began to pray for some of these things. We began to ask the Lord for some of these things. We asked him for some stuff, and man, he just started giving it. And it's what he did with this guy. He spoke, and he said the word, and immediately this guy was in, in the instant he was made whole. His hand was restored as whole as the other. That's cool. I like that. I, I, I think that's a neat thing. I think it's neat that we, but sometimes we read, we read this stuff, man, that's a neat little history book. You know, it's a bestseller still today. They took it off the list of New York Times bestseller because it just stays there. It's the number one bestseller. But sometimes people buy it and they look at it and they read it historically. We, we, we're studying Revelations. We just kicked this off on Wednesday night, and uh, it's, it's, this is going to be in, it, good. I'll just put it that way. It's going to be good. But you know there are people who look at Revelation, and they look at this just a historical thing, and it's not really a futuristic thing. You know something? This is a historical thing. God has done some things there, but it's also this. It's living today. He still today wants to stretch forth withered hands. Today still he wants to heal bodies. Today he still wants to set people free. I, when he was moving a while ago, I'm I'm telling you, man, I just, I'm taking the limits off. I don't, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that he can't do. I don't care how jacked up you are. It don't matter. I don't care how jacked, how messed up you are. The Lord today, with just speaking forth one word over your life, can, can just stretch forth the withered part of your body. He can touch forth the withered part of your life. And in an instant, he can heal, he can touch, and then we see him do his thing. Oh, Jesus, he, de- he, he, he heals, he teaches. And then we see he goes into verse 12. It said, now it came to pass in those days that he went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. You mean Jesus had to do that? Sometimes we, sometimes we just think he did it just because he's Jesus, and he did. But it was because he was Jesus that he knew what he needed to do. And you know what he did? He prayed, man. He prayed. He prayed. One of the things the Lord's been smacking me in the teeth on, man, right between the eyes, man, you need to talk to me more. You need to spend more time in relationship with me. You need to talk to me. There's so much more I want to show you. There's so much more I want to tell you. There's so many more things I want to do. Spend time with me. So what he, Jesus did it. Just spent time in prayer. He prayed. That's what he did. You see this progression. It goes forth and it goes on down. He does his thing. Then in verse 17, pulls another Jesus. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were what? healed, man. And the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and he healed them some. He healed the one who had a little issue. Why you want to talk about a brother's Bible, man? It's new. Hold on. Oh, okay. Oh. I want, you, I want you to hear that. I, I, just, I wanted to build your faith for just a moment. I, and and this, ain't, this ain't just some type of thing I'm trying to get you. No, I'm not trying to get you out. I'm trying to get you in faith. I'm trying to get you in a place where you trust the Lord. You believe. And you, and you just, I'm, I've gotten to where I do this now. Pastor Harry's kind of helped me do this. Where immediately after we pray for somebody, a lot of times I just stop saying, is it happening yet? 
Pray for, pray for a guy the other day for, for his eyes. And, and I was just like, is it happening yet? He was going, he, and I was, I was looking, man. I, and I kid, we walked off from this guy. I was, was praying for somebody downtown, and we walked off. And I looked back, and I did. I gave him one of them. I just wanted to see if he was looking. And, and he did like, I, I'm telling you, I just, I just believe. And Jesus did this. He was healing everybody, man. He was healing. I, he was just doing. He healed them all. Then what's he do? He starts teaching again. Wouldn't that be cool, man? We just do that. We just come to church. We come in here and we praise him for healing. We thank him for healing. We, we read what it says about his word, and then we just do it. I think we've made this thing harder than what it really is sometimes. I mean, we've made it so hard. Oh, man, you need to do this. You know what you need to do is spend time with Jesus, read his word, and do it. Come on, just do, do, just do it. Do what it says to do. And then you see him in this progression start teaching again. He gets back in this mode. He, he teaches what we find or term to be called the Beatitudes, where he says blessed are some things, woe are some things. And, and, he, and it's cool. We don't have time to teach it because we, we want to go home today sometime. But, but then he goes into some of these big life lessons. Verse 27. Hope y'all staying with me back here, Mr. Audio Man, Visual Man. 27. But I say to you who hear... Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Oh, come on. Now, just hear this for just a second. <laughs> but, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Be good to those who hate you. Do, we don't want to do that. Let's just be, we don't want to do that, man. We want to love each other here in this room, Maybe. Come on, just tell it true. Maybe. But when it, you, you don't want to do You don't want to love your enemies. You don't want to do You don't want to do that. But then he says, do this, 28, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Some of y'all spoken words over some of those who spitefully use you, but it wasn't a prayer blessing. <laughs> tell the truth. Come on, tell the truth. Remember, we're going to teach some, heal some. Teach some, heal some. We'll pray some, then we'll get. We're just gonna let. It's just have church. It's just gonna. We're gonna reinvent what what church is supposed to be. We don't. Do, we don't bless though. We don't do that stuff. Then give. Hold on. Give. He goes on. He gets into verse thirty. Give to everyone who asked. Uh, don't spend payment back. I struggle with that one. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, man. I, that's tough for me. Y'all need to pray for me. Because that's hard to do. That's hard to give and not expect back. It is. It's hard. It's hard to bless those who's done you wrong. I'm learning to do that. I'm getting better at it. But it's only because the Spirit of God and His grace, I'm working on some of this stuff. It's trying to get to love the enemy, trying to do these things. And then he just keeps on breaking it down. Read this sometime on your own. Not right now. Listen to me what I'm saying right now. But, but on your, read all that stuff. It's good. And then he goes this. He, he says in verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. All right? So, again, these life lessons, this life chapter, talking about walking in love and talking about giving, talking about forgiving, talking about doing all these things. And then he comes into this place. Again, I'm having to set this mode because I want you to understand what the real parable is all about. He says in this verse 37, not to judge. 
Now, I think we've done this with judging. I, I think sometimes because of what we view judging as and what we think judging is and maybe what judging is not, we avoid all types of situations sometimes in our life. And, and when I say that, let me explain a little bit. The word judge is the word krino in the Greek, and that's just simply to show y'all how smart I am. I brought that word up. But it means this. It means to determine or decide. Okay, so here's what he's saying to do. Don't determine or decide for someone. Okay, this is going to be a little bit different. This is, this is where we don't make the choice. I have people ask me, do you think that so-and-so has made it to heaven? Or you think so? That's not my decision. That's not what I'm supposed to do. What I'm supposed to do is teach Jesus to the world. What I'm supposed to do is show him his love. I'm supposed to forgive. I'm supposed to bless. I'm supposed to walk in this serving mindset. I'm supposed to do all these things that he's been telling me here. And then he tells me, because I can't, he tells me not to judge. Now, we're going to talk about it just a little bit more. Judging and confronting are two different things. All right? And so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but I think we need to do that. found a very cool, unknown author. don't know who said it, but I love it. It says the trouble with most Christians today is that they would rather be on the judgment seat than on the witness stand. That was tough, dude. I would have been the one who claimed that, man. Would you? You're going to correct? No, I don't lie. Let's take a moment. Forgive us. All right? But, but just think about it. A lot of times we want to do that. We, we, want to, we, we judge quick. We, we do that sometimes. We, we want to make a decision. We look at what somebody's done, what they've been through, what's happening in their life, and then we want to say, well, because of that, now you, this is your... You don't know. Apparently, you forgot where you was at till Jesus got a hold of you. Because it's somewhere along the way, you forgot about how messed up and things and how bad you stunk, being in the piggy pen, rolling around with all that stuff. You forget that. But what we need to remember is he's the one who does the work. What we do is share Jesus. And so in this, we don't judge, but we do this. We go forth in his power, teaching and walking in, loving in, doing all these things. Basically, what this is, is you're not the critic. Okay? Don't be the critic. Don't be that guy. Don't be it. Here's why y'all all had to write, write to remain silent because you've all been that guy. I've been that dude. I've been the guy who has negative stuff. To say, I'm learning, man. I'm working on that stuff, man. I'm trying to start speaking life into some stuff, I'm trying to start declaring some things different. And he's just constantly through this text. He's saying, living this life of loving. Living this life of forgiveness, walking in the spirit of not judging, going into this place. He's talking about, oh, I mean, it's just good. And then out of, oh, here it comes, verse 38, give and it will be given to you. I love that. That's a cool verse, man. That has probably been used in more offerings than any other verse, man, in the history of the world. And it's true. That's true. But it's not just talking about offering right there. Okay, I mean, sometimes we, when you, you get people up, man, they preach that, they're trying to raise money to do something, whatever, and give, and it could be given to you. I press down, shaking again. And, and you should. But if you read all that chapter 6 that we just read, what are you supposed to be given? Forgiveness? Love? Blessing? Sure, all these things that you're given. And as you start walking in this stuff, you'll start seeing the Lord do this. And, and, he's, and, and it's just amazing to me. I get amazed. People want to receive something that they're not given. It's not going to happen. Maybe for a little while. 
But people's going to get tired of that junk. People's going to get tired of giving to you and you're not doing nothing back, not giving out. Man, I was a youth pastor, Pastor Steve. Man, I, man, I pray that God's anointing over you right now, son. You need Jesus to make it through every day. Lord, I release a new anointing on my brother. Amen. Parents come up, man, complain about so-and-so don't like their so-and-so. But I'm you know, just serious. Come on. Nobody talks to my kid. Your kid is back here in the corner hiding underneath the chair. Nobody, they, they won't come out. Man, he won't do nothing. Now, listen, people have different makeups. Understand that. But listen, Bible says it. If you want friends, show yourself friendly. It's just good. It just works that way. This is one of the things I think we're, we are seeing here in God's will. People's friendly. People's loving. And, and then what happens is you sow that, that comes back to you. Here's the deal. Some of y'all done some stuff. You need to be forgiven. You know what you should do? Forgive somebody. Amen. Some of y'all waiting right now. Man, I wish they'd forgive me. I wish you need to forgive somebody. You get some of that stuff. You'll get it pressed down, shaking together, running over forgiveness flowing. I mean, it just, keep, it just, just keeps on happening. Some of you, man, you want some stuff financially? Give. Man, I'm telling, Lord, I want, you to, I want you to bless and I want you to pour out, open up the windows of heaven today, Lord. I declare in the name of Jesus, open it up. Give. Dude, just give. Dude, give. He said he'll do this stuff. Give. Oh, man. I tell you, man, I wish somebody would serve me and I wish some serve somebody. This is easy, man. Hey, this is so much fun. I mean, we just walk in it. We just do this stuff. He's just talking about all this thing. And then out of nowhere, left hook, the parable. <laughs> Not to, just, I mean, for real. If I had broke out 39th, you'd have missed all that. You'd have missed all that. He's talking about all these things. And then he goes into this place, man, and, 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 I, and I love it. He, he teaches the parable, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? Now, th this, this is cool. Like we said earlier, uh, you, the blind can lead them. They use it doesn't usually work out too well. And for some reason... What we do most of the time is connect with other blind people. I mean, we just we don't know why. We do. I mean, I, you know, they'll say a misery loves company, man. You're looking for somebody to get down in there with you instead of get you out. And I mean, I want you to hang in here. No, well, I'm here to get you out. If I seen somebody laying in a hole, man, fall, I don't want to get in there with them and say, don't you feel better now? Sorry, joker, man. Why didn't you bring a rope? Why didn't you get me out? You get them out. And, and it just makes no sense. But what we do is we huddle up and the blind people get together. We just do. Blind people get together and, and it makes no sense. And then somehow we do this. And, and I, you know, I'm a young person loving kind of dude, man. But it starts there. You see, it starts in that area. It starts in, you'll see it in the lunchroom. Who remember? You know that table. You wanted to be that table. Some of y'all was at that table. But you wanted to be a part of that, man. You want to be a part of this thing. And, and, but, and, but what happens is everybody, that table was all messed up, and you didn't know that. Their table was just as messed up as your table, but you didn't know it. And you spend your life trying to get to their table instead of helping them get away from their table. And we get caught up so much. Well, I'm an individual. 
Seriously, you know what I'm talking about, young people? I'm an individual. I, I'm an individual. I'm one of a kind. Oh, I could go to the mall right now and find 50 more just like you. I dress like this because that's just who I am. I'm an, I'm an individual. No, you're not, man. You bought off a rack, and it was a full, rack full of all the stuff, all of them just like, and there's other people running around just like you. I'm serious. It's just how it works. We, we, get, we get older, and it, it doesn't really change much. Then we, instead of doing this, instead of hanging out at the lunchroom table, hanging around at the mall, we go to the bar. We're legal now. 21, man. Bam, I got my band. I'm drink. No, it's just, no, what you are is you're still trying to get at a lunch table. You're still trying to be something. Instead of understanding the Lord wants you to be something, he's called you to be. It don't change. Ladies, nothing no different. All y'all do is y'all gather around the beauty shop. Y'all call them beauty shops now? Y'all still call them beauty you, it, it may not change much. You just still gather around. You gather around the salon. <laughs> or, or you do this. Really, you still, just like the kids in the mall, then you get together with other people and you still go into the mall, but now you're doing something. You're spending money you ain't got because it's the blind leading the blind. And we need it. And I'm saying this, book. I know it's funny, but we, I'm saying this because we got to understand we need to get together with those who help us. We need to get together with people who help us. I, I love, man. I, I was talking to one of our, our guys this week, and I asked him if I could share this story, and, and I'm so thankful for what God's doing here. We had one of our guys who was struggling with a, with a situation with their child, and, and, and it was just neat. They, started, they did what they're supposed to do, what we're training our men to do, to go to the Lord and go to one another. This guy went to one of the guys in, in, in our church, and they begin to talk, and he says, but I'm really not the one to help you. You need to go somebody else who's already shown that they can raise a child well. That's cool. And what, what would, used to would have happened? We'd have got around, put our, dude, my son's an idiot too. Dude, she's a nut, dude. My daughter, yeah, she's an idiot too. No, no, we, we, the, we, it's just a blind, but what we do is we go, we help each other, we get around one another, and we just start walking this thing out. We can't, and it's so important that we all understand that we all are part of this thing called the family, that we need each other, we help each other. It's for one another. I mean, when you see that, everything begins to change. And then he keeps on breaking it down. A disciple who is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Be careful who you get connected to. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you listen to. Be very careful. It needs to be, I'm saying, this is tough. Again, it starts at the lunchroom table, but it gets all the way through life. Just be, be very careful. Be very sensitive and, and, and just be careful. I'll just leave it at that. Be very careful. Then he goes on in verse 41. He says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Wow. He goes back and he begins to talk about this whole judging thing again. Remember, it's, he's, he's teaching, he's healing, he's teaching, he's walking forth, he's dealing with the issues, he's talking about living this way and walking these things. And then, he's, then he breaks out this verse, and, 
And it's interesting to me, and a lot of times we do this, we'll take just that one verse and, and we'll say that, well, now we have to do this because I have something in my eye or we're the complete opposite. We, we, we don't think we have something in our eyes, so we go around drilling everybody else, or we do some. It's almost like a one, or if and one, one of these deals, man, and, and that's not what it's supposed to be. He says in verse 42, it's like he goes, goes over it again. How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own? I thought you just said that, Jesus. Yeah, I want you to hear it again. Because you need to. It's important. So he said it twice. He just basically broke it down again. But again, we stop sometimes. This is what Jesus wants us to do. First, remove the plank from your own eye. Okay? Just let that hit. First, remove the plank from your own eye. Recognize Realize, understand that there are some things that maybe the Lord is wanting to do in me. Maybe there's some stuff that the, that the Lord's trying to work and He's trying to change, He's trying to fix in me. And remove it, deal with it, man. This, again, I'm referring back to what God's been doing in our men and our church and our life. I'm just so thankful, man, that, that we're just coming together, man, and we're saying, man, this is my plank. Can you help me with it? You know what you're supposed to do? After you get it removed, then you go help your brother. You go help them then. You go after that's over with and after that's said and done. Recognize that you've got a withered hand. You've got something you've been trying to keep in your pocket. Maybe nobody will see my withered hand if I keep it hid. I'll praise with my left hand. I'm going to keep that bad boy in my pocket. Oh, man. Just be honest. Be open. Be real. Pull it out. Say it's messed up. It's messed up. This thing is in my face. I'm struggling. This is where I'm at. And then after he helps you get that out of your eye, then you go help somebody else. Then you do it. You don't just go back. You you rejoice. You praise the Lord for, ah, come on. I do that 30, give me 30 seconds of prayer. All right, you're good now. Now go help somebody else. Seriously, you rejoice, you praise, you thank the Lord, thank you for removing him. Then you do this. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Holy Spirit put this on my heart. We need to lovingly confront, but also allow someone to confront you and recognize that we need each other. Is that not good? I mean, just think, we need to be able to be, at any moment, any time, somebody should be able to come up to us. We, we're getting ready to go in this, in this student center after church, and we're getting ready to talk about new members coming in. Some of the stuff I'm going to tell them, this was some of that stuff right there. You get ready to join a church we call a family, and this is what's going to happen. We're going to get on each other's nerves. I'm going to make you mad. I'm going to have you walk out of here sometimes so ticked off at me and, and wish I was preaching, saying something, but no, it'll help you. This is the same deal. You're going to make me mad? You're going to get on my nerves? Uh, oh, it's okay for me to say I was going to get on. No, you're going to get on my nerves, but what do we do? We're going to get on each other. We love each other. When you realize your family, man, when you realize that you fight different, you do stuff differently. And he's saying in this text to get it out of your eye, remove it so he can do this, so through you he can help you remove somebody else's. That's cool, ain't it? He goes into it, and I ain't got time, man, because I want to eat. But <laughs> verse 33 talks about bear, a good, free, good tree bearing good fruit. Read that. Some of you are wondering why some of the stuff's being what you're bearing. Why this is producing? Why this is popping out of your tree? All right, 
recognize what kind of tree you got. Pull it out. Whatever you need to do, let the Lord work through you, and he's good. Gary, come on up. If you would, just stand with me. You, you need to do this today. Let's just, just for a second, let's just get very real. Let's just get honest and get, get very real. Wherever the weather part of your situation is today, God wants to heal that. He just he wants to. And, and, he, and he wants to heal you, not so you can judge somebody else. He wants, to, he wants to heal you so you can help somebody else. That's what he wants to do. He wants to touch you, and, and he wants to set you free so you can be a source. You can be a vessel that he flows through. I, I love it. And, I, and you see in the scriptures, and if I had time, Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 through 31, very cool, neat story. I gave these to the, to the guys. I won't, I'm not going to go into it too much, but a really neat story. These blind guys... Here Jesus is in town. They hear Jesus is in town. And this is what they do. When they find out he's there, the Bible says that he walks by and these guys start following Jesus. Blind can't lead the blind. But Jesus can heal the blind. And he does. Scripture says they begin to cry out to him. They begin to say, have mercy on us. Heal us. Do this. And, and Jesus stopped what he was doing, healed the blind men. It was, it was because of some, some religious things. That he told them not to, not to go tell anybody about it right now. Just hold off. I love what they did, though. Really cool. They went telling everybody they could find. They was telling everybody they could find. I mean, they was running around speaking this stuff. And in verse 31, it was all the stuff they was telling literally in the Bible. Literally, that means that they were making Jesus known. What's the three words that, that we, we say is what God's called this church to be, to make him known? And this is what happens. When you recognize you were blind, he heals you. That's a result of it. When you get that new wine in you, result is this. You go forth and you help others. This is what happens, though. This is what takes place. It's not a one-time thing. I believe you can get saved once. I believe, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about as a saved person, you can do this. Stuff can get all up in your eyes. Stuff growing out, stuff doing. Be real. Be honest. Come to Jesus. Cry out to him. He heals the blind. He opens the eyes. So you can do this. Go forth to help heal somebody else.